104.7 The Cave. KKLH, Marshfield, Springfield. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. Touchdown, Kansas City! Now, it's time for Ned Talk. You would think, if you didn't know better, that it was raining outside. Was <laughs> All the ice is melting out of the trees, and it's just falling all over the place. It's kind of crazy. I uh, had come to a, a stop street on the route that I take here. And uh, when I stopped, I was under a tree. I, I've been in thunderstorms that were as heavy as all that ice coming down there. <laughs> Big drops. Gracious <laughs> sakes alive. Welcome to Ned Talk. It is your local live weather show. Uh, no, wait. No, no, no. We don't do real. We talk. What do we talk about, Ned? You know, that's a good question. We talk about sports. That's what we do. <laughs> At least, ostensibly, that's what we talk about. I'm Joe Weston. Ned Brinnells, he is uh, who the show is named after, is sitting next to me. How are you, sir? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to all of you, and I hope 2021 brings all of us happiness and peace. Kicks butt. John Oliver with us today. John, how are you? I'm doing well. As I said, the little crack, crackling and ice falling <laughs> reminded me of 2007, unfortunately. But yeah. luckily, this is nothing like that. Ned, you said your electricity went out for a little bit? 2.30 has about four hours. 2.30 a.m. on New Year's morning. <laughs> I knew I was cold to begin with, but waking up and you're cold... And as you gradually wake up, why am I so cold? Am I no longer living? Is that what the case is? <laughs> and then it begins to dawn on you, there ain't no power in the house. Oh, 2.30, you were just getting in about that time, weren't you? Uh, I'm, oh, I'm, boy. Out on New Year's Eve. All right. Let's check in with Deb right away and find out who's hot in the NFL. It's brought to you by All Service Air Service. A little bit difficult today to uh, find out who is, is hot and who's not. There are teams, of course, who have to win. I think later on tonight, uh, the Washington Ball Club will be faced with a major challenge uh, playing Philadelphia. Philadelphia is not going anywhere. Washington has to win. Otherwise, the Dallas Cowboys might get in. There, there are just so many variables involved. But to really pinpoint a hot team on the final week of the regular season, I'll tell you, the NFL is hot, and I'll tell you why. Because there were many not just in the NFL, but at every level of sports. Many of the uh, <clears throat> journalists in this country, <laughs> you know, uh, journalists who view everything objectively like wrong, opining all the time, who said, oh, we're all going to hell. This is just not, it's a disaster for everybody. NFL's completed their season. College football completed their season. High school football completed their season. Come on, let's come up with something else now. Okay. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Yeah. Who do you have as being hot? Uh, as far as hot in the NFL for me, man, the Green Bay Packers are something to behold this year. Uh, I've said it before. I know off the air talking to this. I don't know whether the breakup for Aaron Rodgers, you know, with Danica Patrick factored in on his <laughs> diet. Maybe he got some protein he was missing. I don't know, but he looks vintage Aaron Rodgers, if not better. And then Devontae Adams, what a year for that kid. I mean, he's... He's missed a couple of games, and he's still, you know, way over a thousand yards receiving this year. They're a really fun team to watch. Here's something that I wanted to talk about because you brought up the Dallas Cowboys. It, it's so sad that they have a chance to make the playoffs as <laughs> pathetic as they have played. Well, not only them, but the New York Giants. They're right. under five hundred. The Washington Club under 500. In fact, everybody in the NFC East is under 500. That's right. And yet one of them will represent that division in the playoffs. And yet it could be, it could be, you will, it will, or could be any team other than Philadelphia. They're the only ones who are out of it, and they really haven't nobody to blame but themselves on that. Mm -hmm. But 
as far as the best team in the NFC least, I would have to think the New York Giants probably. Really, I, 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 the Washington teams, the well, team that good. I picked. Uh, the, the, I, the disarray aside, I think if if Alex Smith had not gotten hurt and if Dwayne Haskins hadn't been an ass, mm-hmm. then they probably could have competed a little more and and maybe have secured this before coming into the final day of the season. In a sense, it's poetic justice in an, in an obscure sense because Washington has been through so much. Their, their name is gone. They're not yep. the Redskins anymore. Mm-hmm. Their owner has been accused of all sorts of indiscretions, and it's just been a down year, and here they are rallying at the last minute to uh, possibly get into the playoffs and, and will if they beat Philadelphia. And I don't think they will, though. I think the Eagles rise up to win. But Washington could still be there. That's how disjointed that least division is. Well, I think that speaks to the guy that's at the helm there, Ron Rivera. And uh, he has a lot of respect in the NFL. A very good coach and a guy that's uh, battled his own demons oh, and yeah. been able to come back from mm-hmm. them. and. Speaks a lot to him, and I think they finally may have the right leadership as far as coaching goes in spot there. Hope so, because it's one of the iconic franchises in all the NFL, been around forever and ever, and heck, they were around when they were in Boston, for heaven's sake. (laughs) So, yeah, it's it's one uh, one of the featured teams, so to speak. Were they called... They were the Boston Redskins. Okay. They I were was, the I was Boston wondering about Redskins. that. Right. Uh, I think George Preston Marshall, who owned the team, may have had, I must admit, I don't know this, but may have had another name to, to uh, begin with, possibly the Patriots. But uh, he changed it to Boston Redskins like about 1934, 35, somewhere in that vicinity. And that's what they were right up until they moved to Washington. Hmm. First question I have to ask you guys about last week's game is after it was over, it was kind of like, huh. And then I uh, listened to uh, your favorites, the pundits, the talking heads, and um, Tony Gonzalez said that he felt the Chiefs are bored. Do you agree with that assessment? Um, Well, of course, he played. We we did not. So maybe it is possible that uh, pro football teams who are of such an ilk that they are so much better than everybody else can become bored. I think it's more like a peaks and valleys situation because all pro, all teams, period, not just pro, go through those periods when you just can't seem to do anything right at all. And then the next period, the, the mountain, when you're doing everything right. Baseball, football, basketball, you, you see it in all of them. I'm of the opinion they've just gone through one of their slumps mm-hmm. and that they could emerge from it. I'm saying could because... And I know I'm a naysayer and a nitpicker and all that, but I'm not a big fan of the two weeks off. And many of them are getting two weeks off. Mm -hmm. And next week, of course, is the bye week, but they're not even going to play this week. You get, I don't care who you are, you get stale if you're out of rhythm, and they will be out of the rhythm. But I also think they're good enough to win and overcome all sorts of problems. John, what's your take on that? You know, my opinion about it, I don't know that it's so much boredom as, you know, humans are creatures of habit. And I think one of the things the Chiefs have done consistently is they've always rallied from behind. So I think these last few weeks, there's been maybe a little lethargy with the team where they think, well, yeah, we're we're down, but we know we're going to come back. And that's a good it's a good confidence to have, but you can't always rely on that. Sometimes you do have to react immediately, and I think that's where you're seeing it is. They just assume, well, we've come back so many times in the past, we're going to come back on this. 
Atlanta Falcons, not a good football team. Well, th- th- and and having said that, and with that mindset that, yeah, we're going to come back, they should have lost that game. The Chiefs should have. Yes, they should I have. I totally agree with that. That game should have gone to overtime. They have one of the Atlanta has the most confident or has one of the best, most accurate kickers in the NFL. You missed that extra point. There's some talk that it was win, some talk that it was uh, a hand. Um, but we don't know what happened. He missed it, and the Chiefs got a gift. They won that game, and yeah. that's when things are working right for you. You get those gifts, but what I want to get your opinions on is it, it, this is the wrong time of year to kind of go into the playoffs with your offense being kind of eh, yeah. not clicking in all the cylinders. Yeah, but I think probably, Joe, it's that judgment is better forthcoming after their playoff for the first playoff game, which will be the, uh, the second weekend of the season. That'll be prior to the, no, that's, that is, that's the divisional playoff game. Then it's the conference championship game. Then the Super Bowl. divisional playoff game, depending on how they play. Then I will agree or disagree with what you say, but their offense really has been a little bit on the stagnant side. However, they have won the games. Yeah, they have won the games. John, I want to get your take on especially the red zone. Mm-hmm. It seems like the Chiefs are able to drive. They get down in that in the 20-yard in area, and then they don't, don't look as good. Of course, you've got that 12th man when you're in that red zone as far as defense goes with the, end, with the back line. What do you think? Does that disturb you? It does a little bit. I mean, you see the Chiefs score on big plays for the most part. They score on the 40, the 50-yard completions to Hill, to Hardman, to Watkins, to Robinson. What worries me a little bit is, especially with Hilaire possibly limited with his injury, Le'Veon Bell's performed admirably, admirably, if I can speak today, But at the same time, you haven't had those guys that can punch it in from eight yards out. Mahomes can scramble. He's shown that. But do you want to rely on that as your first option? They've run some options with Tyreek Hill. We saw that a couple of weeks ago where he got into the end zone from not far out. I worry about the running back core and if they're going to be able to punch things in from the red zone. That's a really good point that you do bring up, and I'm going to carry that a little bit further. I, We said this at the very start when they picked up Le'Veon Bell. Oh, my God, we got Le'Veon Bell. He is not the Le'Veon Bell of the past. Not at all. And not no. even close to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure that he can uh, really carry the team in the absence of Edwards Hilaire. Uh, neither one of them is likely to play today. Mm-hmm. I like the kid who will play today, the uh, Thompson kid. He has uh, yes. he has some capabilities. A mm-hmm. big, rough kid uh, probably doesn't probably doesn't have that mindset or that instinct <laughs> of how to drive on yet. But I think he'll I think he'll uh, prove the, his medal maybe in future years, assuming he is going to stay with the team. But if they're counting on Bell to carry them through, forget it because that's not going to happen. Well, and I'll even add, I think people forget last year in the Super Bowl. To me, that vote for Super Bowl MVP should have been a lot closer between Damian Williams and Patrick Mahomes. So I don't think you can underscore the absence of Williams this year. He was the guy that could put that ball in under 10. And and I fully, fully concur with what you say. In fact, I'll carry it a step further. He should have been the MVP. I agree with you, Ned. Yes. Let's go to the other side of the ball. Let me also say this first. It's Ned Talk. I'm 104.7 The Cave. Deb Reynolds, John Oliver, myself, Joe Weston. 
We're talking about Chiefs football. We're talking about last week's game and our concerns, or maybe not concerns. Ned's trying to talk us down right now. I'm a little little (laughs) concerned right now. Ned's like, no, don't worry about it. Don't, Don't. Let's talk about the other side of the ball because the last three weeks, the defense has played extremely well. What are your thoughts on that? The defensive team is coming to the fore and, and playing well. I think they do show some liabilities in the backfield. And keep in mind now they haven't they, – they played the Saints, and the Saints are a very good football team. Uh, the Falcons, you know, who are, are, they, are they legitimate? Miami had some very big games against that defensive backfield. But still they are playing well, and they do have quickness. And when you have a honey badger back there who's a tough hombre, <laughs> even at age 31. And that's the problem because he's getting banged around. The Sneed kid who was out with a broken collarbone mm-hmm. is playing well. I really feel like a team that's going to exploit Kansas City will exploit that defensive backfield. But this is later on in the playoffs. Uh, it obviously isn't going to happen today. But later on, if they're vulnerable, that's where it is. Or to a big running back like a Henry kid from the Tennessee Titans, somebody like that. There are, they're playing well. Their defensive team is playing well. It does really need to play a little bit better, in my opinion. John, your thoughts? It's along those same lines. I mean, the secondary's young, and that's one of the main problems. Sneed was playing very well before he went out. Uh, Thornhill is coming of cor- off, of course, that injury at the end of last season. You know, there's potential there for them to be good. Uh, Breland's always been one of those guys that I think is as a serviceable guy in the secondary, but he just sometimes misses the easy plays. And it comes down to what we talked about last week, wrapping up and tackling. We have a tendency in this era of the game to always try to punch the ball out. And I've seen time and time again, week after week, the Chiefs sometimes miss some tackles in the secondary, and it ends up costing them 10 to 15 extra yards because everybody's punching, not wrapping the guys up. Punching and pushing. That's a yes. big thing. I see a lot of pushing rather than trying to tackle. And I hear guys that, that the pundits, again, talk about the game, and they say, oh, well, you know, you don't want to go that way because it's going to hurt yourself if you do that. But that there's a reason why we were all – center mass, talk to go for the middle, talk to wrap up and bring those guys down when we played football. Exactly. (laughs) That is exactly the way you do it. And most chiefs are not alone in this. We're not singling out. Most teams in the NFL are, I would say almost all of them are poor tackling teams. And we talked about this, uh, I don't know, it was two weeks ago or last week with Stormy that uh, 49ers, one of the best tackling teams when Harbaugh was the coach of Mm -hmm. that team. And so, you know, it's, it's something you see throughout the NFL it's kind of like all sports. They change more to an offensive side, so the defensive side of all sports kind of takes a back seat to everything, which is kind of sad. It is it sad. It's kind of sad because you don't see. we, Ned, when we started doing the show and talking about the Chiefs, one of the first things that you would always say was be cha- defense wins championships. There's not a team this year that you, you go, wow, that team's got a really good defense. No. Well, for one thing, the offenses are so sophisticated now and your lines are so big, the defensive game has not met that kind of challenge. And furthermore, the rules of the game dictate you're going to score points. That's what the audience likes to see. So as a result, I think you're seeing a lot of the rules go against the defensive unit. No, there is no one dominant team, but I still stand by that statement that defense is what eventually does win. Mm -hmm. Second game of the year this year was against... The L.A. Chargers, I almost said San Diego. <laughs> I had to stop. Where, where do they play at? Are they in Las Vegas? Where do they play at? <laughs> but 
But they're in L.A. They're a, a renter in the <laughs> Rams stadium. And uh, that was a really good game. The Chargers mm-hmm. really gave the, the Chiefs fits in that game. Today is completely different because um, the Chiefs want to rest and get everybody in a good spot. And I think the Chargers want to see what they got. So what do you expect from today's game? It's, it's really difficult to make a judgment on it because the theory is, well, the Chiefs don't really care. Well, that's probably right as far as the varsity is concerned, yeah. but not the guys who are going to be playing. Oh, yeah. It's what used to be known in baseball circles as the salary drive. These are guys <laughs> who are in there fighting for a job next year. There'll be a bunch of players who you've never heard of before or who don't get very much playing time, and they'll want to do their best. The Henny, Chad Henney was a starting quarterback in the NFL yes, back was. in 2014 with Jacksonville. He can play. He's a Michigan guy. My gosh, he, he's been around the NFL long enough to have, have absorbed some of the uh, subtleties of the game. Uh, as far as his crew, receiving crew, it'll be spotty at the very best. But I do think you're going to see a pretty good performance from Kansas City. It's going to be an inspired one. Uh, the, the Chargers are also sitting some of their their people. It's the last game of the season, so why risk any further injury? Joey Bosa is not going to be in there to play. Just that's one. But Herbert will be, and Herbert is a pretty doggone good quarterback. I think he has shown himself. His first game was against the Chiefs. That's right. Make no mistake in what I'm saying. I, I do believe you're going to see a lot of effort from guys today. I don't mm-hmm. think the Chiefs are going to fold it up. I think they want to go 15-1. and one. Mm-hmm. What do you expect to see, John? Well, I mean, you've got to remember this would be the a franchise record 11th win on a row if they get it. So, I mean, there's got to be some motivation there. You hit it on the nose. Herbert, his coming out party was against the Chiefs back in week two. He is a very good quarterback. He's going to be here to stay for a while. As Ned alluded to, though, just like the Chiefs, the Chargers are setting quite a few guys. When I get to the injury report later, Hunter Henry's not going to be there. Keenan Allen's not going to be there. There aren't many weapons for Herbert to throw to. <laughs> So this has the potential to be what I'd call a clunky game. You may see some dropped passes. You may see some broken routes. And I think I think this one today is going to be particularly low scoring if I had my druthers. Yeah, we said high scoring last week because the Falcons had a good offense, but mm-hmm. Chiefs defense held them down, and then Falcons defense helped the, uh, held the Chiefs down. I don't know if the uh, Falcons defense held the Chiefs down or if the Chiefs held I think it's more the Chiefs holding themselves <laughs> yeah, down. exactly. exactly. Uh, and, and that's why Gonzalez would have said the things that he did about yes. the motivation factor, and, and that's a pretty good assessment. And he, you, have, you have to give him credibility here because he did play. He would, uh, he would know the mindset of these guys. You want to ideally think that uh, well, these are pro athletes. They're out there giving it their all every time. Uh, come on. Come on, let's not be Pollyannas about this. <laughs> he was pointing to the uh, the play when they were on the goal line when the uh, all the offensive linemen turned. Oh. That particular play was the yeah. one he was like, that's just pure boredom right there. Could be. Yeah. All right, we'll uh, join the Chiefs pregame in about 41 minutes. You're listening to Ned Talk. We are on 104.7 The Cave. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Joe Weston, Ned Brennels, John Oliver talking some sports today. And it is that time once again for us to check in with Ned. He's going to tell us about what's going on in college football, what's brewing in college football. And it's brought to you by Arctic Food Equipment. First, before we get into that, Ned, well, Ohio State 
I guess they had something to say. Huh? <laughs> what do you think? You, I know you won't remember it because you don't remember anything I say, but <laughs> but last week we said if an upset was going to happen in the playoffs, it would be in the Ohio State-Clemson game. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't call that an upset at all. Ohio State was clearly the better team playing that game. I want to talk to you a little bit about college football, though, and we alluded to this in the first comments that I made. At the start of this year, you know, you had the big upset with the Big Ten and the Pac-12 deciding not to play. And the journalists, oh, it was the right decision to bow out. Wait a minute. Who said the right decision? The journalists did. Nobody else said it was the right one. They felt like they had to make it, so I guess whatever. But the other three of the Power Five decided to play. And what did the Big Ten and the Pac-12 do? saw that they were looking in from the outside and they'd better do something about it because you can see the dollar signs moving away. So they decided to play after all. And how did the journalists treat then? The one of them, and I will not make reference to name or gender, <laughs> said, darkest day in the history of the Big, 12, or Big Ten Conference. Darkest day. Ruining everything. It's a shambles, blah, 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 and so forth and so on. Fast forward, and it's a Big Ten team playing for the national championship. Thank you. All right, let's talk a little bit about the, the bowl But do they deserve time. to play for the national championship? They're there, aren't they? And they They're beat there. Clemson. They did. They beat Clemson. But and they, played they beat six, them big. They played six games. Yeah. Well, still, they won them all. <laughs> all right. I, I think they should be there. Now, if they played one game, Ohio State would have been in the championships. Well, they are Ohio State, too. But over <laughs> and above that, they are a very good football team. Are they in the neighborhood of Alabama? No. I don't, in my opinion, they are not. But that's, that's next week. We'll talk more about that. The conference that took the biggest hit of all is the Atlantic Coast Conference that goes 0 for 6. Six bowl games, all of them lost by the ACC team. Keep in mind now, Notre Dame played ACC this year for this year only. Mm -hmm. But the fact is that they lost all of them, including last night's Orange Bowl game when Texas A&M came from behind to run North Carolina right out of the ballpark. They did. So there uh, are interesting facets along those lines. But the bottom line is that college football was the winner for the most part. You knew there were going to be hiccups. Mm -hmm. There had to be under the protocol as rigid as some of the standards were that had to be followed, you knew people were going to bow out. You knew teams would have to cancel out and things, uh, games would have to be postponed. You knew it was going to happen. But to go through it and get it done and complete it with success, and it will be completed Monday night a week, uh, I'm, my hat's off to them, not only college, but the NFL and high school as well. But Atlantic Coast Conference, not a very good uh, bowl performance. Good bowl games, yes, there were some very good ones. I thought that I thought that Alabama took their foot off the pedal against Notre Dame. They could have beaten them a whole lot more. The game that really disappointed me, and guys, please understand, I'm no Pollyanna. I played this game myself. I know how athletics, how, how they react and how they feel and who's involved and who's not involved. But the way that one game ended, the Tulsa-Mississippi State game is completely... Uh, out of any kind of propriety that anybody should ever go through. That's the worst fight I've ever seen. It was awful. It was absolutely the worst. It was a gang brawl. You had guys kicking other guys in the head and then running from them. I was terribly disappointed in both schools. Mississippi State has Mike Leach. Come on. 
His his record's not very good anyway. <laughs> yeah. oh. And but Tulsa, come yeah. on, Tulsa to be involved in something like that. I was very surprised and very disappointed. A lot of uh, passion in college football, and then sometimes that spills over. A lot of passion in sports, period, and you mm-hmm. see that just spill over into what people do. But, but Joe, that's just it. Sure, it's great to play with the passion. That's part of it. But you also learn to control your emotions. Correct. Oh, come on. You are being a Pollyanna now because how long have, how long have fights been a part of sports? Forever. Mm, not, not Well, fights maybe. One-on-one but not not a gang brawl that we saw in this one. Yeah, baseball's always been kind of gang brawl. No, that's pushing. They don't, they don't <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you I mean, what do you think? I mean, Ohio State's in, they tore up Clemson. Mm-hmm. That quarterback for Ohio State, I'm sorry, I don't Justin know his name. Fields. Wow. He's got an arm. Well, yes, no, he he's he's a great All-America and he's the guy who replaced Mitch Haskins there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he he can play, and everybody knew he could play. He's also, I believe, was a red shirt. This guy is a very good quarterback. He also took a monstrous hit in the <laughs> ribs and came out. I thought his ribs were broken. but uh, Yeah, that was a gutty performance. I saw him a couple of – he took that huge hit, and then you could see that he was in pain. The only time he didn't seem in pain was when he was throwing – Rockets. I mean, he was throwing missiles down the field. And he can throw. Now, they play Alabama and Ohio State play next Monday night in Miami. No, I'm wrong on that. Yeah, no, no, it's Hard Rock Stadium. Miami is where they're playing. Um, I look for Ohio State to score. They will put points on the board. I do not look for them to stop Alabama. Alabama is so fast, so quick, and when they are motivated, they're awful tough to beat. Awfully tough. You're going to have to play the Josh Roberts, Stormy Davis role for sure. us. Be the Alabama fan. Alabama booster for us. Oh, th- I, I absolutely can be. You I, think they're going to win the national championship? I'd, I'd be shocked if they don't. I mean, Mac Jones is a very, very good quarterback. Ned and I were discussing this off the air. He's a super intelligent kid. Already has, I believe, his, his, master's, his master's degree. Wow. Uh, I mean, just. And he's a junior. Yeah. And he's a junior <laughs> at this point. And then we were looking this up. I believe the last wide receiver to win the Heisman Award was Desmond Howard back in 1991 for Michigan. That's going to change this year. So uh, Devontae Smith is going to win the Heisman as a wide receiver. So quick, so explosive. I, I am very anxious to see what this kid does in the pros. This is a very polished Alabama offense. He reminds me a lot of Jerry Rice. Yes. He isn't he isn't as big as Jerry Rice and not not height wise, but I'm talking about bulky. But oh my goodness, can he fly? You see him <laughs> run those crossing patterns and the defenders can't keep up with him. No. He is just so fast. But he's just one. That's the Alabama mantra. They are so quick <laughs> in every single respect. Defense I was telling John earlier, you watch how they play defense. The linebackers, the safeties, they're all rushing to that football, and they are there to stop those plays right at the line Mm -hmm. of scrimmage. That doesn't happen with every team at all. They're they're really good. I like them. I uh, I blame Trevor Lawrence's mustache. <laughs> I think that's what I honestly think that's what that, called that's him where the blame's then. falling, according yeah. to the the memes I've seen today. Uh, it is so. that is that thirteen uh, year old boy mustache? It didn't look very good on him. <laughs> He's got that dreamy hair though. Yeah. Why was he? Do, why would he do that? So, any more bowl games? Talk about anything that you want to. The point bowl out? games are all done now. You'll have several all star games. You'll have the East West. I'm assuming they played that one. And then the Pro Bowl All-Star game will be coming up after the, uh, 
I'm not Pro Bowl, but the um, what do they call that? Oh gosh, it, uh, Senior Bowl, Senior, Senior Bowl. Bowl game, not yep. Pro Bowl, Senior Bowl in Mobile. That'll come up after the Alabama Ohio State game, probably that weekend after. But uh, it, it's but we are approaching a different era, guys. Because I do a little blog, and I'm pointing this out on my blog too. The spring football season starts. This is for the FCS and Division Two teams. Division Three dropped all the football for this year. But Division Two did not, and FCS or 1AA did not. Mm-hmm. And the Bears will kick off their season on February 20th in Grand Forks, North Dakota, against the University of North Dakota, which is in – this is their first game as a Missouri Valley Conference team. Mm-hmm. This is extremely interesting. Now you're saying in Grand Forks, well, relax, they do play indoors up there. <laughs> <laughs> in February, that's brutal. It's got to be. But oh, yeah. I'm, I'm really anxious to see how the football manifests itself in the spring mm-hmm. uh, in regards to what they do in the future. Mm-hmm. Because you're talking about the one double A's and the Division Two. Is it possible that they may choose? I, I don't think so, but there could be some thought process about doing this permanently. What's your thought on Heisman Trophy? Do you agree with uh, oh, John? Oh, Evans, yes, sure. Devontae Smith, he's, he's without question the best player. There, of course, you, you have the Trask kid from Florida, mm-hmm. and you'll have Mac Jones in there from uh, Alabama. But these guys are QBs, and while they're very good QBs, uh, you have to understand that Smith is head and shoulders, and I don't mean that in literally a physical <laughs> standpoint, but he is he's really a top-notch player. Giants are beating the Cowboys right now, Ooh. twenty to six. So uh, that's uh, it's uh, tough for all you Cowboy fans out that there. Is. Really, I'm really, really you, tough. the Giants. If they get in, if Philadelphia beats Washington tonight, and uh, and uh, the Giants win this game, watch out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We're about uh, twenty six minutes away from the start of the pregame show. You're listening to Ned Talk on one hundred four point seven, The Cave. You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, a proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Mics are live, guys. We are on the air. Never know what these guys are going to say. They just get crazy in the studio. Joe Weston, John Oliver, Ned Reynolds. Discussing sports on live microphones. And, it was Joe uh, Namath. We were keeping it sports-related. Were you? Sure you were. We were. We're yeah, talking yeah. about Medicare. He's doing Medicare supplement commercials and all of his used car salesman glory. Thank you, uh, Ned, by the way, for the muffins. Ned, Ned brought me muffins today. <laughs> I want to say thanks. You're Thank welcome. you for that. Thunder, Thunder muffins. Out of this world. I think I dated a girl in high school we called Thunder Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Guys, I don't know. Come I don't know on. if I should have said that or not. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, get back to sports here before I lose my job. It is the injury <laughs> report brought to you by Morrison Webster Carlton. Oh, boy. The injury report is extensive today. So I'll go through this fairly quickly. Uh, for the Chiefs, Le'Veon Bell is questionable with a knee. I'd be surprised if he plays, honestly, at this point. Derek Nottie is questionable with a knee as well. Uh, ben Neiman is out with a hamstring. Mike Rimmers is out with a back issue. Of course, Edwards Hilaire is out with an ankle. Sammy Watkins out with a calf indus- injury. Tyreek Hill out with a hamstring injury. And Anthony Hitchens, the linebacker, is on the COVID reserve list. On the other side of the ball... 
Jahil Day, the safety, is out with a calf injury. Brian Balaga, the offensive tackle, out with a foot injury. Rayshon Jenkins, the safety, out with an ankle injury. Casey Hayward Jr., the cornerback, out with a hamstring. Malik Jefferson, their linebacker, out with a shoulder injury. Hunter Henry is out, the tight end we talked about earlier on the COVID reserve list. Joey Bosa is out with what they're calling a concussion. And Keenan Allen is out with a hamstring issue. <laughs> Didn't wow. have any receivers left now. Right. And that's it for the show. Right. Uh, John's taking up all, all our time. <laughs> Some of those, you know, are just minor injuries because they're just trying to keep guys. Absolutely. Get them better. I, you know, Sammy Watkins is always a little bit banged up, and then we've seen the the with Tyreek that he gets a lot of cramps, and that's those he, he'll look like he. Oh no, Tyreek's pulled up again and grabs, it, and then he's back out there the next play running. So, yep. I don't think read too much into the injury report no. this week for the Chiefs. What a lot do you of think, resting Ed? in week well, seventeen. No, and that's precisely what they're doing is resting these guys. Uh, Hill, and you're right, he does have those cramping problems to that end. There was the report I saw the other day of how he is remedying that, and he's drinking pickle juice. Wow. <laughs> That's Ooh, a play boy. out of the old playbook. Oh, it is. Free Gatorade. It is. Yep. That's exact, and it's the same effect, apparently. It mm-hmm. would uh, give the, I would assume, the saline uh, balance in your in your system to the point where you're not going to, or at least it's going to be limited anyway, but oh, gracious. It cures hiccups, too, by the way. Ah, just thought I'd let that. you know that. Yeah, well, my, my wife always says, drink some pickle juice. And I'm like, no, I don't think I'll do that. I don't think I'll do that. Let's get your uh, fantasy pick for the sure. week. That is brought to you by Fazoli's. So for fantasy, most leagues, if not all leagues, are over. Uh, I finished fourth in my league. Congratulations. And How many teams were in your league? Uh, there were 12 in my league. Okay, so, so that's 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 a show. It was a pretty big upset because I... I did my usual, which is a fantasy fantasy player's chagrin, is I forgot to log in until they were in the fifth round, so the computer <laughs> auto-picked some people for me. So I did pretty well. But what I want to focus on is really the fantasy darlings this year. Uh, a few guys, Derrick Henry, what a season. I mean, again, next year I don't see any any slough off coming from him. So I see him going high in leagues next year. Devontae Adams had a phenomenal season for the Green Bay Packers even missing the games. Calvin Ridley, I hate to say I told you so, but I will. I picked him early on in week one as somebody to watch for the year. He's been superb for the Falcons. Not a very good football team, but he had a great season. And I do want to highlight our own Travis Kelsey. What a season as a tight end. Over 1,400 yards. He's got to be your go-to tight end next year if you've got a chance to draft him in your league. Oh, and it's sort of a dark horse if you want to look at somebody, a guy by the name of Patrick Mahomes. Well, he puts up some numbers. We we assume that guy is going to be taken. I try to I try to give people some <laughs> uh, some other low hanging fruit. So let me get your opinion on this mm-hmm. before we go back. I'll get Ned's opinion in just a second. A lot of young quarterbacks in the NFL: Kyler yes. Murray, um, Tua with the Josh Dolphins, Allen. Josh Allen. Who do you think is the quarterback to watch next year, fantasy wise? Next year, fantasy-wise, honestly, I think two is going to be the one to watch. I saw a lot of maturity from him this year. I I never knew he was such a good thrower. I am going to say Herbert from the uh, Chargers. Excuse me, because he will have a whole bevy of receivers in there who are very good. He's already proven himself. He comes in in a clutch when uh, Tyrod Taylor is unable to play. 
plays takes the Chiefs into overtime with his <laughs> with his game plan. And uh, since now they've won, I think it's uh, the last three in a row. They've so. had an up and down. They're they're really not a great team. And I think Anthony Lynn is probably going to get canned. I I hope that doesn't happen because I like the guy. I think he's a good coach. But you know, it's win or not, and they're not winning. But Herbert is a good QB, and I think he's going to have a really breakout year next season. I'm uh, going to go with Jalen Hurts because oh, I think he's played extremely well at the end of the season for the Philadelphia Eagles. That was throwing you up a softball there. Now. Well, the, I would agree with that, except that Philadelphia's offensive line is mismatch. It is not very good at all. Yeah, he's a guy that can get out of the pocket, though, create things on his own, you know, sort of like Patrick Mahomes. I mean, but he's having to be more creative than Patrick does. So, like, I know him. Like, we're friends. <laughs> I called Patrick earlier today, and we said, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> Mr. Mahomes, he's kind of similar that way. Jalen Hurts plays football. I mean, just it, creative. He's, he's been fun to watch these last couple of weeks. Where do you see uh, Carson Wentz going? If he goes anywhere, I would think he will go to a team maybe, just 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 to say this, maybe the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, if mm-hmm. they don't get their right man on the, and I'm sure they will, but he could, he could be a good uh, teacher for a guy like uh, Trevor Lawrence. Or Wentz could end up with as a backup or the Rams or the Chargers, somebody like that. Chicago Bears, hey, that's a possibility. That's if he wants to leave Philadelphia, and I'm not sure he does. He doesn't want to be a backup, but keep in mind, this is all going to be all taken care of in uh, in the training camp next year. And here's the curious factor. Tagovailoa, who you were talking about, Hurts, Mac Jones, all these guys, where did they play their college football? Exactly. Bama. Alabama. <laughs> I did see a report this morning on Hertz, or not on Hertz, I'm sorry, on Carson Wentz that said he feels the relationship with Doug Peterson is irreparable. So the Colts are apparently very interested. So I well, would not be surprised to see him move. Wait, 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 wait. Philip Rivers is probably out. It's probably his last game today. Yep. Oh, really? He's not going to play? He's going to retire? Well, well it's, it's a debatable point at yes. the moment. It'll well, be up to him. What about uh, Jacoby Brissett there, though? He mm-hmm. uh, played extremely well a couple of years ago, and then he did. Where's, he's kind of fallen off the table now. Yeah, but isn't that the case with, with uh, Wentz as well? Extremely good, and then uh, kind well, of falling off a little bit? Let's say this in Carson Wentz's defense. That team has no offensive line. Oh, no. And he's a, guy, he's a pocket passer. Mm-hmm. He's got to stand back and have time to throw. So if he's, if he's put with the team that can protect him, say, New England, maybe Minnesota, mm-hmm. that can actually protect him, he can win some games for those teams. Absolutely. So I don't think that he, I, I don't think Carson Wentz is washed up by any stretch no, of the imagination. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. And, <laughs> and he wouldn't be this year if he'd had any kind of protection at all. No, but no, but you know how the NFL is, damaged fruit. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like, you know, you're not going to pick that one because... Well, he didn't play very well. And even though these guys know all this information, exactly what we're saying, that Philadelphia has no offensive line whatsoever, they will still look at him with a very jaundiced eye. Yes, they will. So, I mean, it just – and the guy that I always point to with this is Tim Tebow. You very know, takes, so. a, takes a team to the playoffs and then out of the, you know, out of the NFL. I agree completely, Joe. I think that's a case in point. I mean, and, and, and then you look at teams right now that are tailoring their offense to younger players who do 
similar things. Now, most of them have better throwing styles and better arms than Tim Tebow has. But you go with just not giving it enough chance there. Maybe in this new startup league. Maybe, well, or did you hear about this other new startup I, league? I did, unfortunately. Have you, have you heard about it with Johnny Manziel? This is a, no, I have yeah. not. Yeah, the fans uh, get to call, call the plays. plays. Oh, isn't that one of the deals in the uh, the old league that went under? Weren't the fans calling the plays? XFL. No. I, I don't know that they ever no. got to call the plays, but, I mean, this is every play is called by the fans. That's yeah, no but the, XX, uh, the XFL's not done, though, are they completely? The, no, actually, Dwayne are, Johnson. Yeah, The Rock owns that. But yep. that's, I, they're not coming back till next year, no. I think. Yeah. It'll be the year, yeah. But this other new league, do you know what it's called at all? I forget the name. I did see it, but I don't remember the name. <laughs> we'll have to look that up because it's going to be. Oh, we just yeah. we need to talk about it. That. May not that's exist something, long. Now, that's nothing. That that's way. something we have to talk about. <laughs> All right, we're twelve minutes away from pregame with Mitch Holtis and Art Haynes. It's Ned Talk one hundred four point seven. The Cave. Back to Ned Talk on one hundred four point seven. The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Weather in KC, 35 right now. Under some cloudy skies, so good day to rest. Good day to be on the bench, (laughs) wearing your jacket. Don't you think? I wonder how many of those guys who are resting, well, they'll all be there. They will be. I would suspect that Mahomes and Hill and those people will not be in uniform. They'll be... Instantly in close. I'm guessing this, uh, especially if they've been placed on the inactive list, and I'm sure Mahomes has been. But, yeah, there's no reason for them to even have a uniform on. All right, this new league, we've looked it up. <laughs> we've got information for you just so that you know. The Glacier Boys, with a Z at the end of it. Oh, good. Better. Yep. Uh, Zappers, Does which that have that a Z might too possibly be the worst name ever. The Zappers. So the Glacier Boys has a Z and the Zappers has a Z. Yes, they have they have two Z teams. And then there's the Wild. No, sorry, they're just they're just beasts. Marshawn Lynch is part of that organization. Richard Sherman's part of the Glacier Boys. Trevor May is part of the Zappers. And then finally, it is the Wild Aces. It does not say what city any of these teams are playing for. <laughs> And they've also made it very clear on their website, and Ned, I want you to pay attention to this, no bandwagon fans. That's right. If this thing takes off, they don't want you to jump on late. They want you on now. Get on. You, yep. need, to, you need to help draft well, and, and choose plays. Uh, what, what's, it, what's the league called again? The uh, uh, Fan Controlled Football League, the FCF. Okay, attention FCF. <laughs> don't don't count on Ned Reynolds being a band, bandwagon fan. I thought you were a football uh, fan, man. Not none of this. Get you don't want to call plays? No. Uh, no, no really? No. I'd say I, I just call the bomb every play. Well, I think that's what's going to happen. I would just write Joe Montana in uh, Joe Montana football. That oh, my gosh. You could run that fly pattern down the line every time. and Tecmo Bowl. It was Doug Williams <laughs> to Gary Clark for me yes. every single play. Exactly. That's what this is going to be. Back to reality. We've been way off track today. <laughs> I've been way off track today. Let's put it that way. Let's. Uh, what do you think is going to happen in the game today? I think you'll see the Chiefs win. Uh, there is much conjecture that they don't care. Well, no, the ones who don't care aren't playing. <laughs> the ones who will be out there do care. This is a game to impress individuals. I don't think there's any getting around the fact that it will be tantamount to a preseason game, an exhibition game. But I do think Kansas City wins. 
uh, and I'm picking as the individual, the key individual, Chad Henney. He's, come on, the guy's 36 years old. Mm-hmm. He's absorbed all of the subtleties of an NFL team and game and game plan and was a starter for the Jacksonville Jaguars many years ago. He can get it done, and while he may not have the weapons that he normally would in this situation, I do think Kansas City gets a victory, probably a relatively low-scoring game, although I did see some a pundit this morning picked the final score to be 69-14. to 14. Oh, Jeez. my gosh. Wow. No way. No. The Chiefs? Mm-hmm. Who did that? Uh, a pundit. <laughs> Which you don't want to say? Well, I quite frankly, forgot his name. It was an e- easily forgettable <laughs> name. But yeah, oh, okay. it was, it was Colin one Coward. The, no, 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 oh. no, no, no. This is one of the Chiefs' cadre of followers yep. who they have. Oh, okay. I will say the final score is going to be the Chiefs 23 and the Chargers 20, somewhere around there. John, what do you think? I also think this is going to be low scoring. I mentioned that earlier. Um, Chad Henney is is a good quarterback. I mean, one thing you have to remember with the Chiefs are even with the starters out, they have some pretty good players that would probably be starters on other teams. Byron Pringle is a good example of that. You've still got Hardman playing today. You've got just a lot of talent. I think Darwin Thompson's going to be playing today, the running back. There's guys that are going to want to make a statement in this last game, so I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk necessarily. I'm going to go 17-14. I do think it'll be close, but I do think the Chiefs will win. You're 100% on the money. Byron Pringle and Nicole Hardeman, they would start from a lot of other teams, mm-hmm. but they sit behind Sammy Watkins and That's right. Tyree Kill, and there's some thought that Hardeman may actually be as fast, if not faster, than uh, Tyree Kill. I know they raced in the preseason. They did race in the preseason, but I think, Hardman's smart enough to know that you you don't beat Tyreek Hill in a foot race. <laughs> I honestly think he is a little faster. <laughs> well, so I, I'm going to agree with Ned. I'm going to go with Chad Henney has a big day today, yep. and the Chiefs are, are going to take care of business. It's going to be a very business-like sort of game for them, and I'm going to go uh, 21-10. Nice. I'll give a little further on the spread. So what are the options uh, for the Chiefs in this? I mean, I, it, it, there's so many experimentations of this who's the possible teams the Chiefs could play you know I must admit I don't know what the breakdown it hasn't really been decided yet because there are still variables as to who's going to be where and what but I do know it'll be January 16th and set or 17th 16th or 17th when they play again that'll be the divisional championship right now just as a ballpark guess I would have the Chiefs playing I uh, just out of out of games that I have seen this year, Chiefs and Buffalo is who I would see again. Wow. But who knows? But who knows where it's going to end up? There's a lot of people feel like that's the AFC championship right there. Chiefs the, Buffalo? Buff- yeah, Definitely because Buffalo's be. been the team everybody's been talking mm-hmm. about. They've uh, become favorites for a lot of people, but, you well, know. For big disappointments, it's the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, yeah, yes. absolutely. Been a disappointing, disappointing this season for them, but... Dangerous team to play in the playoffs. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to come up against them. There no. are two teams who uh, I think the Chiefs really view with a great hesitancy. One, yeah, yeah. One, uh, certainly Buffalo. I think then the Tennessee Titans and the yep. Baltimore Ravens. I yes. think they would be very, very dangerous teams to play. Well, even Cleveland. I think Cleveland could do some stuff. They're inconsistent, but if you caught them on the wrong day, yeah. But Joe, this will be uh, when the Browns get in. It's their first time in what thirteen years, something it like is. that, that they've yes. been to the playoffs, and they're young. I, I'm not quite sure they're ready for that level 
And besides, the games would have to be played in Kansas City anyway, assuming that that's, that would be the matchup. Right. There are any number of possibilities. Happy New Year, Ned. Thank you, sir, and to you. John, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well. Good <laughs> That's grief. easy for you to say. I know. Free game show starts in 45 seconds right here on 104.7 The Cave. I'm Joe Weston. I want to say thanks to Nick Fury, Mike the Intern, Corbin Campbell, Scott Meyer, and Renee Kinder back at home. I will see you guys, well, we'll see you in two weeks for Ned Talk right here on 104.7 The Cave.